Hey, hey, Mrs. Deathly. Dorian. What lives in a ghost's nose? I don't know what lives in a ghost's nose. Boogers! Boogers! Good evening. Apologise. Or good afternoon or good morning. I mean, it's all sort of dependent on what time of the day you're listening, isn't it? Apologise for that terrible joke. I will never apologise for that (laughs) terrible joke. Why do demons and ghouls hang out together? Because demons are a ghoul's best friend. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness me. They just keep coming. I'm really sorry. What's it like to be kissed by a vampire? Um, It's a pain in the neck. (laughs) I can't just fire them all out at once, can I? I can't. Anyway, how how are you? How are you? You know I'm well. I wasn't asking you, I was asking them. Oh, them. Okay, yeah, how are you? I can't hear them. Speak louder. <laughs> <laughs> shout, shout, email, email us now to let us know how you are. Don't do that. I mean, we're happy to hear from you, but it's getting a bit overwhelming, isn't it? Oh, you've so many internet I friends. bloody love it. Like... It's lovely. So wasn't it weird, like, how this started out? Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were locked away in our little hooses, being all like, oh, it's frightening out there. Don't no like jobs. It. No jobs. Worried for our future. Unemployed, crusted bums. <laughs> and um, we started this little thing, and we made all these all these wonderful, weird friends. <laughs> and I say weird with nothing but affection. Yeah. Nothing. Just like us. But the warmest of affection. Weird people are the best, I think. They're definitely more interesting, for certain. But, yeah. But how are you? How are you? I'm asking you me now. this time. Yeah, I'm oh, okay. you this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How have you been? I know that I yes. know that we we live together, and I know the answer. But let them know how you are. I, I'm I'm really well. Really well. Yeah. I mean, I'm hanging in there. I mean, it's declining. I've fast, been better. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazing. I mean, it's all right. No. Just well, the world coming back to life, isn't it? I mean, it's strange though. Yeah, feeling a bit more normal out there, but people. for those for those of us that are still all these people on the furlough. Wandering around. Still a little bit lonely. Touching Feel free to stuff. send me some messages every now and then. Are you startled by people? I am startled I'm by people. I'm way more startled by people than, than I was, you know, five months ago. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, very odd. Suddenly there are people I'm like... It's does- easy to be startled by people though, isn't it? It was Thursday night when we went out to film some promo yeah, if you video. if you follow our Facebook page, you um you might have seen that we we released a video online to promote the the, the ghostly walking tour that's um it's beginning in the middle of August and yeah, I mean we started didn't we when we started filming these things mm-hmm. our little live tours and what it was like we'd paid good money to have the city of York closed down and suddenly it's not an opportunity you get very often. <laughs> no, suddenly there's just people everywhere. There really are. Just bizarre. All the pubs and restaurants and just wandering mm. the streets and mm. well we got um unusual. we got commissioned to film a series of haunted pub videos which aren't publicly released online yet although the chap said I could release them down the road when they're no longer exclusives. And we got about two or three done and now it's become impossible to stand outside of a pub 
and talk about it because mm. people coming out and oh not, can I get on the news yeah nothing it attracts people doesn't it people see a camera a little tiny I mean where and it's, it's, it's not like we're a full film crew romping around the city no. we're tiny little you know I think we, for the tiny first time we, people. tiny little people wandering around for the first time uh, on one of our little um, filmic quests the other day, we had a, had a third person with us with a with a proper camera that to was film. Lovely, wasn't it? It was, and I think we handled it all right. We saw another person outside of our our marriage. We kept our distance. We yeah, we kept distance. There was you know socially responsible etiquettes in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, frightening. Fri- I'd say people are more frightening than ghosts, to be honest. Oh, mm. well, it depends. It does. It depends, doesn't it? I suppose you can see a person coming. Whereas ghosts, they can sneak up on you a bit more. Yeah. A little bit more frightening. Depends how drunk the person is. Mm. Drunks are quite sneaky. Mm. I'm well, thanks for asking. <laughs> by the way, you know, sort of, I let, I let it hang in the air for about a minute or so, thinking any minute now she's going to ask us, me. Tell us, Dorian. Tell us how you are. I'm, I'm all right. Actually, I'm not all right. I'm not very well. You oh, know, I, I just told you this before we started recording. I know, I know. I'm not very well. I'm not a sickly boy. I don't know what's wrong with me. Just feel a bit sleepy, a bit tired. Too many people, as it was. I mean, You've not got the Rona, have you? No, 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 no. Fortunately, no. I'm safe and sound. I just, um, I just, I'm just getting a bit old, aren't I? I'm just getting a little bit old now. <laughs> just cracking a little bit. I'm going to turn forty in a few weeks. Like oh. four weeks, is it? Yeah. Four weeks till forty. These lovely people help us celebrate. Never thought I'd survive four decades. <laughs> Genuine. I mean, there's still time. You know, never know what's going to happen. I could just spontaneously explode. Oh dear. Now, <gasps> please don't. Uh, I can't work this technology without you. That's true. You just have to sit and record forever. You could never... You, I mean, that big, big red square there that says REC, that's that's the record button. Okay. That's pretty much all you need to do with I'll this. I'll Google it. Fantastic. That's fine. Off nonsense. you pop. Off I pop. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. No, I need to stay. I'm sat down. I'm quite comfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm in a puffy jacket. I'm warm and cosy. Makes a difference. I'm normally stomping around out there in a cold, bleak night. But yeah, well, that's it. I'm going I'm to put a little tick next to the section marked "Welcome Banter." I feel like we've sufficiently welcomed <laughs> and bantered. Bantered. In Consider equal yourselves measure. bantered. Um, so, what are we going to be talking about tonight, Mrs. D? Well, we've got a few things to talk about actually. And mm. um, we've got a lovely ghostly tale. A lovely ghostly tale about a theatre ghost. That's, yes, the Grey Lady yes, of the grey Edinburgh. Lady. Edinburgh, and some of you may have heard her story before. Some of you may not. We'd like to speak about our own grey lady. Mm. Uh, We'd like to speak about 30 East Drive. You're not a fan, are you? No, I am not. We mentioned this in Tales from the Fireplace. We did. uh, Last Sunday. We're going to speak about it a bit more. Um, What else are we talking about? Of course we showed some photos, didn't we? We did, yes. I won't jump the gun. We'll come back to that in a little while. And also, we're going to tell you about the public tours. Ooh, and, and the our upcoming events. Other tours we've got going on and, you know, a bit of shameless self-promotion, but, you know, why the heck not? Why the heck not? I'm like a singular monkey with a pair of cymbals, <laughs> just slamming them together, you know, in, in a relentless... Just keep charging his batteries. Self-promotional fashion. Just keeps on going and going and going and going. And we're going to be sharing a couple of listener stories, of course, um, today we have a story from Andrew Digwood, and I believe you have a story from Catherine Bolt. Catherine Bolt sent in my Facebook for Messenger, you. Yes. Email for me, of course, as always. If you do have any scary stories, any supernatural goings on, do let us know. Um, particularly at the moment, actually. So I mentioned briefly that this is all getting a bit. I'm not. 
I mean, I'm going to maybe say the word overwhelming in a good positive way. That mm-hmm. suddenly we get a you know so we we get so many messages and so emails. Many. That it's it's staggering. You know, we've over the years tried to um, carve out a little corner of the internet for ourselves in in many ways. That was my that was um that was my my chair. Sounded like you stepped on a donkey. It wasn't it wasn't a robust trump. It was a <laughs> it was a small squeak of my chair. My sh- I'll, I'll recreate it. Wait. I don't know if you can hear that or no, not. No, you probably can't no, hear probably that. Is, um, rippling, a rippling and robust sound. But yes, it's um, it's wonderful. And, and we, we've kind of uh, built up uh, a, a, an impressive backlog of stories. Some with tales. pictures, some, some with pictures, without. Some not. Um, so what we're going to do at uh, some point in August is do a special Tales from the Fireplace, which is dedicated to all of you. We're going to do an entire 100% audience stories. Now, if you're a writer and you do write some short stories, and I'm not talking about first-hand experiences, I'm talking about short stories, and you'd like to hear uh, them read aloud. In spooky my stories. Spooky. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not like Spot the Dog went out for a picnic. I'm not quite <laughs> sure that's our audience. Um, although, you know, lovely. Uh, yeah, we want the spooky stories. Um, nothing too long. Something that can be read in maybe two to three minutes is ideal. We obviously don't want to do a 90-minute show and... 25 minutes of that is one single story. We want to keep them down short. If you've watched the Fireplace episodes, um, something maybe similar to what we did last time, we read The uh, the Open Window, I think it was, and The Cold the Hand. Cold hand. Uh, and they were both the perfect length, I think. They were about three pages each, which meant about three, three, four minutes long. Um, send them in. So we want your supernatural goings-on, your first-hand experiences, and perhaps uh, a story that you've written, something original, and uh, we're going to work our way through them all. Just that would because be lovely. So many people sent them in, uh, and we just we haven't had time to include them all. And we, I felt a bit bad. Even the ones bad. that we don't use, we enjoy. We do read them all. They're all yeah. read. They're all shared uh, and 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 consumed by our good selves. But um, you know, you send them in because you want them to be je- be shared. You got very excited there. I was like, you want them to be shared, but um, <laughs> um, so we, we'll do that. We're going to do one uh, uh, you know, tales from the fireplace episode that perhaps doesn't have the usual, you know, uh, twenty photos and videos and pulling apart yes. of myth- myths and legends. It will just be all about you guys. We're going to tell girls. everybody what happened to you. Tell us your story. So yeah, as always, uh, you can send them in via the Facebook page or you can send them to Dorian Deathly at googlemail.com. But yes, um, we filmed the promo video which is online, and we visited some of the lovely sites of York. Mm. Uh, we see Clifford's Tower, the Minster, the Shambles. Lovely Shambles. What a city to live in. What an amazing city to live in. I mean, just, it just even like that, what, we were out for maybe two, two and a half hours filming, mm-hmm. and to see those sites within moments from each other is it's bonkers. Oh. It's bonkers. You know what my favourite my favorite parts of York are? The bridges. Of course. <laughs> the bridges. I am this is always... In awe of York at night, when you walk across a bridge and you can see mm-hmm. the light shining on the water. Oh, mm-hmm. she's such a pretty girl. She is. She is becoming a not is. I tread carefully. I tread carefully. Um, Definitely, I would say. Obviously, the emptier streets that we experienced over the last few months brought a magic to the streets that you just couldn't normally experience That's unless you true. were wandering around at three in the morning. Well, it was midnight when we finished. It was, but to be wandering around the streets of York when we did our first stream, which started at eight o'clock and it was back in March, so it was dark, and the fact that we started from the, the York Minster at eight in the evening and we did a full 90 minute all the way down to St George's Field, 
that we saw maybe less than half a dozen people in that mm -hmm. hour and a half. Whereas now we went out and we filmed the other day and we got, you know, people were... There's a, we had a very mixed bag. We had a couple of lovely people stop and talk to us on the shambles. A couple of lovely groups who were very interested in what we were doing. Very complimentary. Taking pictures. Like, snazzy. <laughs> I think one lady very, very... Uh, stealthily filmed me as she walked by <laughs> I mean say stealthily she just held her phone and kind of sort of crab walked by us with her phone held just like grinning from from ear to crab ear uh, and then on the flip side um, we, we encountered some we mentioned trouble banter before which is of course is loud chattering of a loud nature um, our camera our small camera and myself in a, in a bizarre costume attracted the attention of ne'er-do-wells who wanted to know what we were doing in a very mm, disruptive fashion Yes, um, and I saw a wonderful thing the other week, didn't I? I mentioned this to you and uh, and 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 our assistant the other night that um, I have this thing. If you see a film crew filming something, it's wonderful. Stop and look by all means. You know, have a. It's it's cu you're curious. You're probably interested in what's going on. But one of the worst things you can do when you see people filming is start shouting action and cut. Oh, and is it going to be on the news? Because what you're probably doing there is you're going to maybe. I mean, I have no doubt that. That's, I don't think for a second a single person listening to this would ever interrupt the hard work of a film crew hmm. but um someone someone drew a parallel to it the other day and said i'd like to find out where these people that interrupt a long text imagine you're an actor and you've got a film crew and you're you're trying to deliver maybe a page of dialogue and you're coming towards the final few words oh. and suddenly someone action. shouts action and you have to start all over again and someone said um i'd love to go around to where they work um perhaps I don't know. I think he's an example of, um, of someone building a wall hmm. and waiting for the very final moments, running over and kicking all the bricks over and shouting, start again! <laughs> <laughs> Which is really, you know, it's, it's directly what it was like. But um, we got it done. And I think it looks superb. I'm very pleased Ooh, with it. Tasty. I don't normally lurk in front... I said, I was going to say, I don't normally lurk in front of the camera. That's a lie. I've been in front of the camera loads recently. But I don't normally have to sit and edit myself. It's been a while since I've had to sit mm. and spend some good... No one's a fan of their own face. Oh, I'm not a fan of oh, my voice. own face. I was like, it's, oh, it's, it's so round. But anyway, the, I, I'm, I, you know, I, I quite enjoy my own voice. He says egotistically. Your brown voice. With a brown voice, yeah. Mm. Those dull rolling tones. And all these people enjoy your it's voice. That's maker. why they're here. <laughs> it's the bread maker. Um... But yes, we, we filmed the promo and it's online, so go check it out. It's on our Facebook page. It's on the YouTubes. Do share it around. Get it in front of people. If you know anyone that's going to come to York, show them. Say, hey, go join this odd gentleman. The more the merrier. The more the merrier. Well, I, obviously within limits because of Yeah, at the moment up to COVID. 10. 10 and no more. Unless you all know each other. It's a strange rule. I have so many... It's making me sweat just thinking about it. The amount of rules and regulations and flaming hoops I've had to jump through. Mmm. <laughs> But um, we, we, we're going to talk briefly about um, a, an incident that happened to us when we were filming one of the live streams that uh, we remembered while we were out uh, filming the promotional video the other night when we were on Coppergate. Do you remember? Oh, yes. Yes. And you can go back and I think you can go back and check this one. Is this, did it happen in the middle of a stream or were we filming for something? I don't. Actually, I don't remember. I think we were doing a test. I think we might stream. have been doing a test stream. But why don't you take us away? Tell us what was going on. Well, because you noticed it first. Basically, if you walk down towards Coppergate from the town centre in York, they've got a really lovely display of umbrellas hanging the down. The Brolly Walk. The what? Is that what it's called? The Brolly. Yes, yeah, I think it's called the Brolly it's been Walk. There for ages. Um, at the time, they were rainbow umbrellas. I mm -hmm. think it was for Pride. Yeah. 
and it was a really still night and the umbrellas were just completely still and we took pictures and we were enjoying how lovely they looked and then we walked down to the body shop mm-hmm. where Dorian was telling uh, us uh, all about uh, his uh, uh, his story about Ivor the Boneless. Ivor the Boneless and how he haunts the body the shop. The irony of the body shop. And um, You look so fatigued when you told them that. <laughs> <laughs> I suddenly looked over my shoulder and all the umbrellas were violently wiggling on their strings. Mm. And there was no wind. That was the that was the very worrying thing, and wasn't there? It carried on for about thirty seconds and then went back to nothing. I'm gonna have Still. a little dig around because I think I filmed it. I think I think I remember getting my phone, and I remember now. So we were filming a test, and I was filming little snippets of things, and I went and stood outside the body shop and I made the joke about Ivor the Boneless, the Viking poltergeist of York, now haunts the body shop, which is one of my favourite jokes. And on the punchline, the umbrella started to move. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say this was odd, there was no wind, no breeze. And, I, and we kind of looked at it for a moment and looked at each other and kind of that, that, that feeling of hang on. Yeah, oh no, shiver. I got my phone out to film it. And as soon as I pointed my phone at the umbrella, it, stopped. it stopped. That's exactly what happened, yeah. And we were, we were, at that moment, we went... Let's okay. go. Okay. It was a vet. I can't. Can't stress enough. It was a very clear, still very day. Peculiar. It was one of those mm. sunny days that we had. And I tried to sort of think about, you know, things Rare. like, uh, is it maybe something in the buildings? Maybe when people run down some of the staircases in the buildings, it causes the no. the, the staircases. Maybe the maybe the tension of the cable adjusts and they spin. There's all sorts of things it could have been. There's all sorts of things it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange, very strange. But no, do visit the Brolly Walk because they change them out quite. The Body frequently. Walk, the Body Shop Walk, Brolly, <laughs> the Brolly Body Walk. Do the visit brolity, the Body Walk. Brolly Body, lovely copper gate of York. Mm-hmm. Ah, marvelous! It reminds me actually. We the the um so uh, I'd be loath not to mention um the the um tours that I'm beginning of course in in, in mid August are being preceded by obviously everything's starting to wake up in New York now all the tourism places are beginning to uh return and of course um the the the, the company that I sometimes work for uh, the ghost bus they will be returning I believe August 1st they're just going to be running Saturday nights um uh, but I won't be on them for a while so I think I will be there August 1st maybe just to kind of test the waters because I'm I think my what's my official job title is I'm like head actor, head of tours. So I suppose it's my responsibility to put myself on the front line and figure out exactly how I can safely get people into the vehicle and, and, and test all of the, the, the restrictions and the doodads and whatnot. But it would drive down Coppergate. Not down Coppergate. Oh, can't gosh. fit down there. No, it would drive by Coppergate. <laughs> Through is the, the umbrellas. Like just a, just a <laughs> haunted bus. Uh, I mean, it depends how tight the cables are. The story would either be like local bus tears down umbrellas or or, or, back. or um, uh, t- visitors to York violently decapitated mm. by th- by thin metal cable. Uh, <laughs> ghost bus not repaired. Be like that bus that recently, there was a bus that was making its way around down Lehman Road oh, uh, no. and it was following a route. Uh, the driver was returning back to the yard and he was a, he, he, he always drove a singular level bus and for some reason they'd given him a double-decker one and... Yes, he, he took the top he off. He decapitated his own bus, Put which is something sunroof. we've never done yet, yet. But we would drive down Coppergate Walk past the Three Tons, etc. And it's one of my favourite places to to point out to people. If you look to the left, you'll see a lot of flamboyantly wiggling umbrellas, and then was like, "Ooh," because it's the truth. 
and they are flamboyant and they're very wiggly. <laughs> there we go. Um, so I think what we'll do is we'll take a small breather ourselves now because uh, we're coming up to 20 minutes already. Doesn't time fly? Wow. And we're going to check in with a friend of mine who uh, sent us this ghostly tale um, for Tales from the Fireplace. A few, I think it was maybe episode two. Herself and her partner Chris sent over stories. Yeah, and we're gonna we are gonna get around to recording some new ones just for the podcast. But for now, I think you know we have a couple of hundred people watching the uh, Tales in the Fireplace, but the the podcast is a very different sort of audience. I think it's a, it's a much more slow and considered thing. Um, so I think I don't think there's any harm in repeating these at all. I think because they're they're so mm-hmm. wonderfully told um, that I want them to be enjoyed by as many people as I possibly can. So yeah, without further ado, I'm going to hand over the reins to my Dear friend, Kirsty Ela McIntyre. Good evening, Dorian, and thank you very much for having me on your show. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. Uh, please tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm an actor and musician, and my first job was in York, of course, which is obviously how we met. Yeah, we did quite a few shows together. We have indeed. Now let's jump right into it. Without further ado, the microphone is yours. So I'm a bit of a coward when it comes to ghosts. I find ghost stories absolutely terrifying. I'm up here in Edinburgh, which as you know is one of the most haunted cities. I think it's in competition with York for being the most haunted city. So I've had my fair share of uh, ghostly encounters, um, but obviously I'm just going to mention one this evening. Before I actually performed on stage at Lyceum in Edinburgh, I worked front of house. So my ghost story is all about a theatre ghost. Now most good old theatres have a theatre ghost and Lyceum is no different. And we had the Grey Lady. Several actors had mentioned looking up from the stage and seeing her just sat in the gods, which is no longer on sale to the public. They just see this this shadowy Grey Lady uh, sat up there just calmly watching the, the tech rehearsals mainly. Um, and I hadn't encountered her until one night when I was ushering. I was in the Grand Circle. Uh, the auditorium um, is separated from the bar area by a corridor, a long, dark corridor. Um, and it's quite nice and the lights are off and people are milling around. It's all very nice and plush. And there's windows, uh, like glass windows that look through into the auditorium so you can see the audience. And there's doors, obviously you open the doors and it comes to the interval. So I was sat in the corridor waiting for the interval so I could open the doors and sell ice cream and, and all that. And so I just sat calmly and then all of a sudden just the air seemed to change and I just felt like I wasn't alone in this corridor. So I looked up because I thought that one of the other ushers was coming along and the air, it was really strange that the air at the end of the corridor seemed to be shifting and and changing and the lights were dimmed at this point because obviously there was a show going on but the lights they seemed to get even darker and I felt there was this presence just coming towards me along the corridor and 
as I, I felt like it was a she to say she but it was just I mean whether it's because I already knew about the grey lady or whether it was just the feeling I had I could just feel her coming along the corridor and and the lights shifting and changing and there was this real pressure of air and I obviously thought do I do I leave or and I, but my instinct said no just just sit there just stay really still and just sit on the ground and make yourself really small and sure enough the air just passed by me and it, I expected it to be quite cold but actually it was just this really almost like tight pressure of warm air and this dark shape shadowy shape and just pushed past me and then continued down the corridor just going about her business and I just sat there for a while thinking okay what do, what do I do now I really don't want to be here but I can't really leave my position but then I just I felt she wasn't there anymore she'd gone she just wafted past me and in those minutes afterwards I thought did that actually happen <laughs> didn't really feel the same sitting on my own in that corridor after that I could have definitely wanted someone to be with me after that even though she didn't seem to be malevolent or anything I think she just really loved the theatre so she's a nice nice theatre ghost apparently it's the ghost of Ellen Terry who was a very famous Victorian actress who actually performed at the Lyceum and there's a room on the the Grand Circle level that's named after her but she's mainly seen up in the gods and um, so we was just quite lucky to catch her in the Grand Circle. Thank you very much to Kirsty there for sharing that wonderful tale with she's a great storyteller. She really is. Great storyteller. She's um very similar kind of actually line of work to what I do. Um, she does a lot of acting work. She does. Uh, she has a voiceover booth built at her flat, her house, oh. which is where uh, herself and Chris recorded those, which is why they sound so ruddy lovely. That's, so, yeah, you can definitely mm, tell the difference. There's a magnificent quality. Um, we see a lot of people have the, uh, they, re they record them on their phones and send them over. So when someone says to me, oh, I'm just going to go into my voiceover booth and record them for you, I'm like, well, good gosh. <laughs> magnificent Winning. quality. The Grey Lady of Edinburgh. Oh, it's creepy, that story, isn't it? Mm, but slightly warming as well. Literally warming. Literally warming. I think I, I, I like that it, it's, even though it's a, it's quite haunting, it's got a, a sort of air of romance to it as well. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm, it's, it's a very tender story, and it sort of reminds me of those, it, it, it's got a very Victorian vibe to it. You know, it's not, it's it's a sort of thing you would, in a, in a way, it sort of reminds me of of the um, uh, the, the woman in black, Ooh. Which is a frightening tale, although has a strange goth a sort of fondness to it. You know what I mean? It's got I gothic, know what you mean. gothic horror, Crimson Peak. Do you know Crimson, Crimson, mm -hmm. Crimson Peak? I believe that's it's, it, even a frightening. It has a sort of kind of melancholic comfort to it. A ghostly love story in a yeah. way. Yeah, and it's similar to the Grey Lady of York, which is a supernatural mm. romance story in a way mm. and for those of you that don't know the story of the grey lady of york uh she is a spirit that roams the theater royal um on saint leonard's place just near booth of bar and she was um said to have been a nun in the olden days now the, 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 the theater is built on top of the uh 
original site of St. Leonard's Hospital and Church. A lot of people often say, you know, why was it both? And there was a point when, in history, we wouldn't treat you medically until we cleansed your soul first. We would cleanse your spirit. You would be accepting of God, repent your sins, and then we would begin to try and put you back together. Wow. A lot of people died. A lot of people died. Because people can be quite stubborn. Even yeah. when facing the final moments, they'd either through their, their belief that it, they, they would maybe be damned if they were seen to be paying the price, you know, if they, if they were to accept God into their hearts um, just to be, you know, put back together, that maybe they get found out. So maybe they were like, well, you know, it's too far gone. I'm not going to try and, I'm going to try and cheat the big fella. Not this late in the day. Um, obviously, the, yeah, the, uh, and St. Leonard's, St. Leonard's uh, would span, uh, there, are, there are parts of it in the museum gardens and it crosses over, you know, around where the uh, old king's manor is, goes over to the Theatre Royal. Um, it's huge, it's an absolutely huge building. And there are parts of the foundations in the Theatre Royal. Now, if you go into the Theatre Royal, really? there are glass blocks in the restaurant floor, um, in, the, in the box office, and you can actually look down huh. and you can see parts of the old... Interesting. Old, the old form so there. So not you'd have to work there to see that? No, 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 it's in the public areas. Uh, oh, really? I believe so. I believe so, if I'm remembering correctly. It reminds me of um, the White Swan uh, on Goodrum Gate. Oh, yeah. There were, yeah, there were the, gla mm -hmm. you know, the glass, you know, yep. the thick glass squares embedded into the stone floors. So you can stand on them and you can, and they illuminate them in the white swan. They're all Is lit there up. a well in there that you can see? Is there? Am I thinking right? Ooh. That might be wrong. So this is something we've, we've got our fingers crossed for. We've, um, we've started reaching out to some of the haunted pubs in New York. Uh, and the first one to bite was the Black Swan, mm -hmm. which is wonderful. I sort of I tagged a few places on Instagram that I'd like to visit and, and perhaps make some video content about, and um, they were quick as a quick as a bullet. They were like I think within thirty seconds they were mm. like, "Yep, we can make this happen." So I'll be getting in touch with them. Um, see if we can spend a couple of hours in there one morning or evening after dark would be better. Obviously, yeah. it's always better. It's always better with the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> But the theatre royal, she was, uh, yes, yeah, she, she, um, the story goes that she, she fell in love. Uh, and of course, with love comes some of the old slap and tickle. Say it. Argy bargy. What's the thing you always say? Rumpety bumpety. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, one of my favourite jokes of my tours is uh, didn't do it once, didn't do it twice. Some people say this lovely old nun. Made, made a, a habit, habit out of it. it. Oh, you look, again, you look furious. <laughs> I'm not that. furious. No, it, they do hurt a bit, don't they? It's going to be very strange on August 1st saying these words again. Mm, very odd. It's going to be peculiar. I wonder if I can remember it all. It's an hour and 15 minutes of me. You have a deep memory vault, I'm sure you can. I'll unlock it. Yeah, I mean, I once didn't do the Ghost Bus tour for about a year. And got asked to come back, and I came back, and I didn't do any kind of rehearsal. I just kind of went out and went, "Ah, oh, I'd be fine," and just kind of stood there going, "Ah." Oh. It's just the years that you the muscle um, memory. The years you have to remind yourself of sometimes. All the I numbers: think. eleven the numbers. ninety, eighteen sixty-five. All these kind of notable parts. But anyway, back to the great lady. She was um, for her sins, and her sins were just having a bit, having a bit of that. They threw her into a windowless stone room, and then they bricked up the doorway. Oh. Trapping her in the darkness. No windows, no doors, leaving her to die. That's horrible. It is awful, isn't it? Um, and the, this, is the, this is the bizarre thing, is that as this tale has evolved over the years, there has no body has been found. Nobody has been found. I heard that they found some, found some remnants of what they believe to be shackles. 
they found they found when they were because the theatre recently got redeveloped and had quite a lot of money on it. It was it was it was regenerated, um, and they found uh, some chains uh, in in a, in a sealed off part of the building, and they thought, ooh, maybe, maybe, but nobody knows what happened to them, where she went. Or maybe it's just a tale to to stop people digging too doing deep. what she did. Maybe. Maybe it was all. Maybe, but she's been cited a lot. That's the thing. Mm. That's the thing. Um, similar to what Kirsty was talking about. Um, people say that they see her moving around in the gods. They see a small glowing orb with a thin piece of ragged cloth trailing behind it. Um, they hear her. People say they sometimes hear her scraping at certain dressing room walls. Oh, no. As if, like, some brittle fingernail is tracing down the bricks and mortar. Or they've got a rat problem. Or they've got a rat problem. Debunk it, Mrs. <laughs> Daphne. Come on. <laughs> Bring the terror oh. down. Oh. <laughs> but no, never, I mean, and they, and they, I think there's a grey lady gin as well now. Is there that, is, York right, gin. Is that York gin have made a grey yeah. lady gin? I haven't tried it yet. Get on the list. It's a bit expensive for me. If you're listening, York gin, we are a bit of free advertising for you there. Feel free to send us a bottle of uh, grey lady gin for the job. <laughs> Why not? Why not indeed? Oh, but she's a speech, she's a peaceful ghost. I believe, and that's that's the interest. I that's wouldn't the thing. be peaceful if I'd been blocked no, I'd into be a wall furious. and left to die. Furious, um, similar to Ivor the Boneless, the poltergeist. Maybe she's over it. And speaking of poltergeists, we're going to now talk about the thing that you mentioned very very early on in the uh, the show, the the Thirty East Drive of Pontefract. Oh. Now, you're going to hear about this place quite a lot from us over the uh, the following months because. We're going to get in there. When I say where, I'm going to get in there. You can. Mrs. Deathly has refused to join me. I refuse. So I'm doing these paranormal investigations, um, which if you're going to tune in hoping for some sort of Derek Cora, Yvette Fielding level insanity, um, you might not be disappointed. I have no idea genuinely how they go. I won't be going gimmicky. I'll just be going into places that are said to be haunted. Um, a lot of people have asked since the, the, the walking tours are launching, are we still going to be doing the virtual tours? To which I said... Yes, but in a different fashion. So, even though we will do a walk, we will do a haunted tour of York, uh, maybe once every two or three months. Mm-hmm. I think the next one is scheduled for the end of August. Uh, is a haunted one. We already had the uh, the mysterious murders and deathly deeds tour planned out, but after that, we'll be doing more internally based tours, getting to places that are perhaps not easy to access. Because, yeah. you know, you can walk around York, and we love sharing York with you, but obviously we want people to come to York. And go on the tour. And go on the tours yeah. and such. So I don't want to be giving it away for freezies forever. But we want to um, get into some places people can't but get yeah, to. that's the thing. I think it'd be m- more interesting now, because um, myself and some other tour guides in York were doing these walking tours. I can't, we can't run them forever. We will do one every now and again. Maybe we'll do like four a year or something, one every th- two or three months. Just we'll, just we'll see how it goes, see how it evolves, um, see how quickly things snap back. But yes, we're getting into the Antique Centre on the 9th of August, I want to say. Okay. We're going to be going in there on the 9th of August. That is on I Stonegate. will be joining you for that. You will be joining me for that it's one. It's an Antique Centre. Yes. People go in there all the time. Absolutely. Well, Not lately. But. Let's talk about um, 30 East Drive, uh, and then we'll talk about the upcoming, uh, th- uh, in the antique centre, what's going on there. So 30 East Drive is in Pontefract, if you don't know much about it, and it is said to be haunted by the most violent poltergeist in the world. That makes me feel a little bit Already sick. you're feeling a little bit anxious. There was even a, a film 
based around it, which came out in 2012 called When the Lights Go Out, uh, starring Kate Ashfield, Tasha Connor, and directed by Pat Holden. He's a wonderful, that's a great name. Pat Holden. You're looking at Mrs. Deathly. When the lights went out. When the lights went out. What did I say? When the lights go out. Ah. Should have read your notes, shouldn't I? You're right. It even says on the document I'm reading, don't say when the lights go out. Because when the lights go out was uh, a song. Uh, Baby, when the by lights five. go out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is horrifying for a string of entirely different reasons. Oh, baby, when the lights went out, the black monk and Frank came for you and clawed your skin off. I don't want that. Nobody wants that. Oh, I love that. I, 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 that's why I wrote it. I said, because I have been saying, when the lights go out, and I said, and I wrote in my little notes, I said, do not, Dorian, don't say when the lights go out. And of course, that's what I said. Oh, you know, if I edit, because we don't edit these podcasts in the slightest, we just hit record and, and waffle inanely. Part of me would be tempted to remove that, but I think I'm just going to leave it in. <laughs> it's the, it was the highlight of the podcast for me. Oh, my goodness. Oh, the supernatural... I think. I mean, I, don't, I think all of five are still alive and kicking. Yes. I don't think they're out. I can confirm. Haunting. I think they actually Wembley came to Gala Bingo in York not so long ago, and um, oh, so tragically, their careers are reunion. dead, but they're alive and well. <laughs> they're haunted by the ghosts of their former successes. Oh, I mean, they're, they're doing better than I am. Much love to you all. Five. F I V E. Is that right? Let's scrap the ghost podcast and just talk about 90s pop number stars. Number five. Number five, is that how it was? Yeah, number five, IVE. Let's move on. So it was released in 2012 <laughs> when the lights went out. Uh, yes, it directed by Pat Holden. Uh, I've not seen this film. I'm going to watch it, though. I'm going to track it down and watch it this week. Stick it in my pile of uh, spooky films to watch. We're going to watch Ghost Watch at some point this week. We'll definitely talk about that on the next podcast. Michael Parkinson. Good old bit of Michael Parkinson. Bloody love Ghost Watch. Mrs. Deathly hasn't seen it. I haven't seen it. So that's going to be a fantastic conversation. Make a note there. I'll just scribble this down. Going to talk about Ghost Watch on the next podcast. Brilliant. Um, So, what can you tell us about 30 East Drive? Not a lot. I can tell you that I won't be going there. Exactly. Exactly. So it, 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 this this bit might be me heavy, I'm afraid, mine isn't it? No, you you go ahead, darling. Just want to freak you out a little bit. So, um 30 East Drive in Pontefract uh is is a three bedroom semi detached house. It was built around in the nineteen fifties. Um and it has a bit of a sinister story to it. Uh, there's a spirit inside of the building that is simply referred to as Fred, or sometimes the black monk and as i said he's believed to be an incredibly violent poltergeist um 70 years of making himself oh. known or 60 years actually because it began oh, around the late already. 1960s uh, a family moved into the house uh, and while their parents were away uh, their teenage son and their grandmother actually uh, witnessed the very first occasion they said that they were in the house and suddenly out of nowhere this fine covering of chalky dust appeared and fell just as if instantly, and it landed on every single surface. On everything. On every surface, they've said. Um, they, they were both insistent. That it wasn't like it came from the ceiling, not like something suddenly rocked the house and a load of uh, a dust layer fell from the ceiling. It's like it appeared from about shoulder height. Um, so they, they started to clean it up, and they found a puddle of water on the floor. And they started to mop this puddle of water up, and when they turned their back on it, it would come back again. 
they would clean it up and it would come back again. Uh, lights would flash and flicker, uh, uh, cupboards would shake, cutlery would be thurled across the room. Uh, plants and their soil would actually be ejected from their pots. Um, items would float. And the thing I really don't like is that, that family portraits would be slashed as if by an invisible blade, is what the website says. By an invisible blade. Now, the family just refused. They were like, we're not going to be run out of our house. Uh, they started calling in clergymen and priests to, uh, to, to try and get rid of what was inside of the building. Um, but the poltergeist, the black monk, or Fred, just laughed at them, apparently. He, just, he, he would insult them. He would, he would laugh and, 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 and hurl abuse. He'd slap them. People oh. said that they'd been slapped in the face by oh, a ghost. No. I know. Pushed up against walls. Um, when the clergyman started to do hymns in an effort to, to, to purge the building of the spirit, uh, hands would appear as if in midair and start to conduct the hymn. Kind of like just absolutely mocking them. That's, that is, yeah. no, I can't, that sounds like something from Fantasia. And it's, it starts off in this kind of amusing way. Um, I say amusing, you know, it, it's all, you know, things being, you know, discarded plants falling over hands mocking but then suddenly the gears changed and um one of the women living there was actually she, she said that she was grabbed by her long hair and she was dragged backwards up the staircase kicking and screaming um she was so upset and afterwards um they tried to calm her down and, and these these uh, finger marks started to appear on her neck where it appeared that fred had grabbed her Mm. And you want to go to this place. We'll come to that. We'll come to that. So the, the, who is Fred? Who is the black monk? Um, he's also known as, this is the one I don't like, he's known as Mr. Nobody, which is a fantastic name. And the family called him Fred. Uh, and in time he became known as the black monk because when he would appear, he would uh, appear in long black robes, like the, the black monk or the black abbot of the York Museum Gardens. You know, people don't yeah. really know the history but they report seeing a very tall man wearing he doesn't grab people, though. thick black robes. No, no. But the thing about the, the Black Abbot, just to kind of um, divert slightly into that, is that uh, people find themselves turned around by him. So they'll see the Black Abbot in the, in the gardens and he'll get closer to them and suddenly they'll be somewhere else. It's said that they'll be not, not no longer in the gardens. They'll find themselves near the Minster, near the Shambles. We got married Copper there. Gate. We did. And Are it was you lovely. trying to make me cry? I'm not, no, I'm just telling you, you, this you, is all terrifying. you wanted to hear about it. So, um, <laughs> now they, they believe that what happened was, um, there's a couple of stories that people have, uh, settled on. Um, one of them was they, a monk was hanged across the street for murdering a young girl. Uh, and then as a final act of insult, his body was discarded down a well that sits underneath the living room of 30 East Drive. Um, another researcher claims that Fred is the twin of a murderer who was blamed for his murderer's misdeeds, his brother's misdeeds, and his restless spirit now seeks revenge. They believe that there are more entities than Fred, than the Black Monk, residing in the building as well. There's said to be a young girl, uh, a boy, and an elemental spirit. And some have speculated that the elemental spirit is the one that's in charge. They think this elemental spirit that's in there is actually conducting the whole thing. And sometimes literally. Sometimes do literally. You, and do you think so? That if there's a, do you say there's a well under the building? Mm -hmm. Would you say that all those people got thrown in the well? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It was obviously. It's, it's, I, I a, mean, there's if more it's, houses if it's, on East Drive, right? If it's a, if if the well is in any way there, it will be filled in. 
So when I, I grew up in Scarborough um, and I lived next to a park, Falsgrave Park, and there was a small stone building about halfway up. Falsgrave Park is a, a, a big hill that leads up to the top of a mount. And um, if you get about halfway up the hill, you go off the dog walking path, there was this small stone it looks a bit like a shed, like a little, an old fashioned. Imagine, imagine if someone built a shed out of heavy stones, like I the city walls that. made of. Um, <laughs> for, you know, uh, and that's what it was. And it was no, no door, no windows. It was just a little shed, and it was a well. There was a well, basically. That's so what they did. They would have filled the well in partially, and then they built this little stone building around the well to stop people from falling into it. Okay. So any well, so obviously, if there's a well underneath Thirty East Drive. They would fill it in, make it safe. And then built. You know, not, there's not. Yeah. Gonna, there's not. No, you know, no. You're not just going to fall through oh, the no, living room floor and then go down another fifty feet. What, into what I mean is, do you think these spirits that are haunting the house are all of people that died in the well? People that fell into it and yeah. over the years got, because got trapped. These drives, I'm assuming, got other houses on it, mm-hmm. and uh, we don't hear of well, the, dating, the drive being haunted. Maybe it's just that house, and why are they all there well the building was built in the 1950s and it was about a decade and a half before he made himself known that's weird isn't so it? something disturbed him so 15 years during the building people you know people living there unless it's one of those situations where the people moved in right away just kept it quiet because i suppose if you're trying to sell your property and it is haunted by something that's mm. not the you know the kindest you're not going to advertise it are you no no Mm. Well, it's currently owned by um, uh, the, the chap who produced the, the film When the Lights Went Out, <laughs> not the other version of it, um, which is actually based loosely on the experiences of the family that lived there. Um, when he, he bought it, thinking it was like a bit of a marketing tool, like, mm. I'll, I'll own the house. I now own this scary house where my film uh, was actually actually filmed. But he also doesn't live there, am I right? No, it's looked after by his next-door neighbour, a woman called Carol, uh, who says that she's had her fair share of brushes with the poltergeist herself. Um, so if Carol is still in charge, this is the thing. This uh, She'll be who I'm dealing with, I'd imagine. So I would say, uh, depending on their availability, I'm looking to get into 30 East Drive um, around the early September sort of point and I'm going to try to convince you to come with me for a couple of reasons number one firstly I'd very much like to record a podcast from there and obviously if you're not physically with me that's going to be tricky and secondly I think people would people would like to it's an interesting thing because we're going to talk now about how our different approaches to the supernatural. You can't work. guilt trip me into staying I'm not, in this honest, haunted I'm house. Not, not <laughs> trying to guilt trip you at all. So obviously we'll be taking our assistant with us um, because we'd be, we want to go quite heavily technical with it. We want to get a few cameras running uh, and have the ability to switch between cameras or lay a few cables around the house and um, you know be able to so we can actually see into rooms mm-hmm. while we're not in there. I think that would be the you know rather than just going there with with a phone or two, actually going you know full. Full, full board, sitting at a table with a few screens and actually being able to explore the house virtually from where we are. And then one of us can go out and have a little wander around and talk about the feeling and stuff. But we'll talk about it off the air, no pressure. What I'm just saying is, like, I think for our listeners, us sitting in there and recording this podcast would be remarkable. I think it would be very special indeed. So we'll talk about it. 
Is that fair? Can we talk about we it? We can talk about we'll it. We'll talk about it. I understand, and no pressure at all. No one, no, and, and if you're listening to this, nobody out there pressure Mrs. Deathly into joining me on my little adventure to 30 East Drive. But um, no, we uh, let's talk about uh, this. Sort of neatly brings us into what we wanted to talk about, which is the the different way that we uh, approach the supernatural, mm-hmm. which I think is quite interesting. So you, I'm easily frightened. The thought of anything supernatural just scares me. Even even stories that have been debunked scare me. Um, so that's why I don't necessarily want to go and stay in a haunted house because I get scared in the middle of the night when I need to go to the toilet. Think of the entertainment value. <laughs> I get scared walking through a dark house. Mm-hmm. And if it was a house that supposedly had a malevolent spirit roaming the halls, well, I think somebody would have to come with me. Well, I'd be with you. In the toilet? Close my eyes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> We've got a deal. <laughs> oh, there we go. That was easier than I thought it would be. Um, I just think it's um, if you didn't come with us, you'd be, you'd, you'd, be, you'd regret it. I think. I think it'd be one of those things where you said no, and then you're sat at home. Obviously, we'd, we'd ask you to keep an eye on the stream to make sure everything was. And I think it's about ten minutes in, you'd see what we were up to, and you'd be like, "Oh, I wish I'd gone. I wish I'd gone." I, th- <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I think you get the old fear of missing out. FOMO. You get the FOMO. Um, whereas I am. Um, I mean, prof- Dorian Deathly, professional ghost aggravator. If the Tales from the Fireside that we just did was a lot about debunking, I like to pull things apart and get into the science of it and find out what is what. And uh, the only ghost stories that I confidently share are ones that um, are perhaps impossible to explain, have huge amounts of support in terms of people that have spoken about them, such as the bar guest. Um, the the Shrieking Lady of Coppergate was a story that I told for the first time on the walking tour about the, the, the wealthy woman who hated everybody. And that really is one of the most wonderful new stories that I've uncovered that I will be using on my life walking tour. Um, because I've never heard anyone talk about it before, but then I dug into it and I found it's all supported with yeah. the evidence. And it's one of those ones where even though she... Uh, the way that she died was inexplicable. Um, obviously, it was of natural causes, and she was having a very bad time in her final moments. But I think it's the story leading up to it is is what's so fantastic. It's a story of a person. It's a personal story that has a frightening element to it. And I think that is my approach to to the supernatural. Is I want to. I don't want to go. You know, like I don't want to steam in like most haunted. Mm-hmm. Or, or other programs, and, and then just start screaming. You know, is anyone there? Is anyone there? Show yourself. Show yourself. Make yourself known. Please don't. I would more be interested in sharing with people the history of the building, recounting experiences that people have already talked about. And if I do happen to encounter something myself while I'm there, be nice to it. Be nice to it. Be nice about it. Be nice to it. Apologize. Tell it you don't want any of its rubbish. Mrs. Death, you look like you're about to cry. <laughs> Your eyes are actually brimming over with, uh, with the horror of 30 East Drive. Um, so apparently the, the, the peak of it is around 4am when the house is unoccupied. 
So there you go. So that's why I'm thinking it'd be interesting to to get cameras set up that can show rooms that we're not in mm-hmm. to see if anything happens, anything yeah. becomes visible. Um, yeah, let us know if you're listening to this, if this is something you'd be interested in. Because obviously we'd have to find a way to fund it because it's not, I think it costs, it costs a few hundred quid to go in there if you're it something does. like this. I yeah. think he said three, 300 pounds. Yeah, I think it's even more if you're... A group, a, like a yeah, like a production company. Like we'd, we'd be classed as that. I have mm-hmm. to find out what the deal would be because obviously we're not just going in and doing. You know, it's not just a group because you could try and I suppose you could try and swing it like we're just a group of mates going in to do a bit of filming. But you know we've got we we get decent numbers watching it, mm-hmm. and I think that that's part of their their thing. You know, especially if they find out that we are sort of running a few donations on it and stuff as we always do. That is when they might be a bit like, mm, give us a slice of that cheddar. Yeah. Which is fair enough because it's their house. Although I'm fascinated to buy it, and I definitely, definitely want to get in there. Um, let's take a small breather um, to let Mrs. Deathly recover herself from uh, number thirty East Drive, from Frank, otherwise known as the Black Monk. And then we'll be back after this short interludio with some listener stories. So, don't you go anywhere. Welcome back. So now we are at the point of the show where we are sharing some uh, Facebook stories or some tales that have been sent in to us via the internet. Now we have two this evening or this afternoon. Again, I keep saying this evening as if I'm doing one of my live shows. Um, you could be <laughs> you listening could be to this. At breakfast. You could be driving a truck to Plymouth mm-hmm. listening to this. Maybe you've got your... Well, we have a friend that travels around and... In vans and do we with with horses? Of course and we do. Always likes to listen to a podcast. He so. does love a podcast. I'm not sure if he's into a spooky podcast, but maybe he is. Um, so I, you, you, you can go first. I mean, I, I sure. give people a break from me because I waffle them I a don't lot. I think they like a break from you, but I need I a break from myself. I don't think my myself. voice is as interesting as yours. That's I'm afraid. Nonsense. Everyone, tell Mrs. Deathly how nice her voice is. Okay. I'm going to shut up now and hand it over to you. Okay, my well, good lady. It's only wife. a little story, but I thought it was very interesting and somehow i've just zoomed in on my phone and have you ever seen a phone do that before that's weird i like that the bit you zoomed into just said "Ooh." (laughs) (laughs) excuse me so my story today is from Catherine bolt and she sent us a message after our last tales from the fireplace fireside place fireplace Place. Because I'm not, I'm not fireside. No, you're I'm in, the in a fireplace. fireplace. I've health and That's safety true. be damned. I've just climbed in that bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so she wrote to say that she loved the stories and the debunking that we did on tales from the fireplace, and she wanted to send us a wee story. So Catherine says, in 2005, I was living in Falkirk. A pal came down to visit and we headed to Edinburgh for the day, including the City of the Dead tour. We took it as just good entertainment until we got home. When I was taking off my makeup, I used toner and was shocked by the stinging. 
I had three large scratches down my neck, still there the next day when I went back to work. I'm a nurse, so my fingernails are kept really short and I was totally unaware of anything or anyone touching my neck, let at least scratches so deep that they drew blood. I wish I'd have taken a picture, but back then it wasn't so easy. It was before we had cameras on phones. Mm. Mm. That is um, a bit creepy, isn't it? There was a lot written about um, people being marked and wounded by spirits. Um, but without knowing about it. Mm, mm-hmm, oh. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a strange one. Um, the Sort of the immediate one that springs to mind is the, the Black Shuck, the, the bar guest that I talk... Anyway, I talk about this big barky fella all the time. Mm-hmm. This big shaggy, shaggy dark boy. Um, but... There's a, there's a passage written that um, a wandering traveller, illuminated by naught but the light of the moon, may be marked by a wound that will never heal. Oh. And the way that talks about it is more sort of psychological impact, the, 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 the anxiety and the dread. Mm-hmm. So I hope she's well. I mean, she seemed quite chipper in the messages that she sent yeah, in. That was, um, yeah, that was 15 years ago. Okay, so probably she healed. She must be fine or else Hopefully she would have If that. it hasn't healed, maybe go get, go get a cream or something for that because... It's a bit worrying, isn't it? Yeah. Again, uh, reminiscent, when I started working on the the old bus, um, and, and a quick side note um, is uh, you're doing the face. Like, oh, stop talking <laughs> about that. I'm just still laughing bus. about you saying, get a cream for that. Let's get a cream for it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a cream for everything these days. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, because obviously the, with the bus is only coming, it's only coming back um, for one night a week. I'm going to have a chat with the owner and see if I can do some kind of collaboration with them. Um, perhaps a live stream, not of the show that we do on the Ghost Bus, but using the bus as a sort of staging ground for something a bit weird. Oh. Because, I mean, who the hell out there has got access to a 1964 black Routemaster bus with funeral seating lampshades you have dorian i have that's who and only a handful of others and the ones that do certainly don't have the the technology that we have that allows to do all of these live streams so yeah keep an eye out maybe that's a a live event coming up in the future um mm, see how it goes but uh, the the reason i mention is because when they were running in london uh they were their first year of operations i think they've been down there for maybe 12 years now um there was a an incident where in the middle of one of their tours, when they were uh, driving into London town, the, you know, the small central bit of, of London where the, the, the statues are. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, which is a very sort of built-up populated area. I don't area. know what that's called. For the life of me, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Yorkshire tour guide. I'm not allowed in London for legal reasons anymore. Not <laughs> since last time. Um Someone told me that um, a, a bap was a cob, and I lost my mind. <laughs> Going to a knife fight outside of a Greg's. None of this oh, is dear. true. <laughs> um, but no, so, uh, so yeah, they, they, they were driving through, and they got into the bit where they, they were talking about the, the pubs and the houses, uh, and suddenly a woman shrieked uh, and, and made such a, an ordeal that they had to pull the bus over uh, and let her off, and she said that something had grabbed hold of her uh, leg, from underneath one of the seats and was gripped onto her and of course they were like okay 
that's yeah well you know been quite dismissive of it well then she pulled up her trouser leg and she had very clearly got some sort of pink marks on her ankle uh so 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 uh, impressed by the story that we actually started including it in our health and safety announcements you know if you feel something reaching out from under the seats and grabbing hold of your legs be rest assured we don't have any gcse drama students folded up in the darkness hmm. waiting for their moment to dart into the spotlight yeah it's frightening it's a frightening one i've never really had any instance on the ghost bus um a hen party once threw a bottle of champagne at my head. That's about as frightening as it has ever been. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my story, I say my story, the story I'm going to read was sent by Andrew Digwood. Uh, Andrew's a big supporter of everything that we do. Um, him and his fond lady wife, and I, I thank them both for the support they've shown the Deathly family uh, over the last few months, which is why I'm very pleased to read one of his stories out. He sent me a couple over, and I'm going to read one tonight, and then I will include one in the uh, audience special of Tales from the Fireplace. So again, I will read it as he wrote it. About eight or nine years ago, I knew the guy who at the time owned the Judges Lodgings Hotel. He was in the middle of doing some extensive renovation work and offered to show me round what he was doing on a day, when for reasons I can't recall, there wouldn't be many workmen on site, so we wouldn't be under the feet Indeed, when we got there, the only workmen were doing something out at the back around the terraced area. So we had our tour and we passed through what was the old bar of the hotel. If you imagine going in through the big front doors, I'm with you, Andrew, straight ahead, then right. Yes, I know what you mean. This is where the builders had set out all the dusty old glasses from behind the bar on the bar counter, presumably to be cleaned or disposed of later. A corridor off of that bar led to some rooms that he began renovating and he was keen to show me the fittings and the look he was going for. As we walked back along the corridor toward the bar room, between the end of the corridor and the bar was a closed fire door through which we passed to go to look at the rooms. My friend was walking ahead of me and he put out his hand to push open the fire door and suddenly there was an almighty almighty thud and smash against the fire door from the other side and we both jumped back. He gingerly pulled the door open, and at the floor, at the foot of it, was a little smashed glass, the sort that a hotel bar might serve or something, like port, smaller than a wine glass, short stem. Sort that you sup your gin from, Mrs. Deathly. <laughs> the very strong impression from the noise was that the glass had hit the door before the door was even touched with some considerable force. However, there was nobody else in the room, and the two or three builders on site were out the back. We suppose it's remotely possible that the glass had been balancing on the lintel of the door and fell off, but it hadn't fallen when we went through the door earlier, and the sound was definitely not the sound of something hitting the door itself. I apologise, the sound was definitely the sound of something hitting the door at some speed, not the sort of sound a glass breaking on the floor would have made. The conclusion that we both reached was that it had somehow flown across the room from the array of glasses laid out on the bar top in the opposite corner of the room and hit the door at speed, Nobody could think of a better explanation. He later told me that he and his staff had seen a few strange things in there. I think it has a couple of well-established ghost stories attached to it. It does. It does. It does. It does. They have the. um, I I would like to do an entire video on this story because I think it's one of. It's in my top five stories, and I don't think it's one I'm ever going to be able to tell publicly, because the bus doesn't go it goes past the end of the road where judges lodgings is um but we're not there for long enough to talk about it and then the walking tour would be quite a large diversion to get there mm-hmm. and then to get back i'd have to bring a tour party down a major oh, main we'll road have to go in there 
maybe it will allow us in. If you're listening, judges, lodgings, or you know anyone, let us in there. Let us in there because um, yeah, there is the story of the lawyer, the lawyer that had a long, hard day, came back to the lodgings, fell asleep by the fire, and then heard the sound of something dragging the furniture around in the room, and then heard the sound of a broken steps clambering up the staircase towards them. And then he heard the sound, quite famously, of a chair being pulled across, the creak of a rope being thrown over a timber, and then a very clear sound of a rope snapping in a deathly gurgle. Yeah, there's a whole story there. It's one of my favourite stories in York. But thank you very much to Catherine and Andrew for sending in these stories. Again, if you do have one, let us know. DorianDeathly at googlemail.com or you can message us via the Facebook page. Or well, Instagram. Or Instagram. Or Twitter. Or Twitter. I'm just taking over the internet. Twitterbook. The Hallowed Three. Well, there we go. That brings us about to the end of the show, I think. We were concerned again that we wouldn't have enough chat to fill the hour, but we appear to have done well. <laughs> we're chatters. We are. We do waffle inanely. Um, so this will be going out on Sunday, the 19th of July. Um, coming up, we do, of course, have the mysterious murders and deathly deeds tour going out live on Facebook in uh, about a week's time from the date that this is released. 9th of August, we have the Paranormal, Paranormal investigation. investigation of the York's Antique Centre. And at the end of August, we have our second instalment of the After Dark Tour of Haunted York. Some point in August, we'll do the we'll, we'll do maybe one or two of the Tales from a Fireplace. The Dorian, mm. tell us about your tour. Tell you about the tour. Oh, of course, yes. And on August the 14th, I want to say. That's the uh, the Friday, I believe, August the 14th. I will be launching my very first public tour. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, I'm quite certain that man said the 1st of August on the last podcast. That's a weird hiccup that I just did there. <laughs> like a mixture of a hiccup and a burp that just kind of emerged, like a kind of a herp <laughs> or a bickup. <laughs> but yes, I decided to uh, postpone the launch of the public tour uh, from the 1st of August to the uh, the 14th of August, uh, simply because we're doing so much. You know, we have the we have the uh, the, 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 the the mysterious murders tour. Uh, I've mentioned we have the the antique shop. Uh, that's that's two entirely new shows. Like you know, that's 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 three hours worth of of performance and and stories to put together. Uh, plus piling on another. Um, 90 minutes of, 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 of uh, content to uh, talk about on the walking tour. It, I, w- I was worried that the quality would drop. And I, don't want, I, want, I want everything that I do to have a certain level of, 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 of swishness to it. To continue having. To continue having. Thank you, Mrs. D. Uh, so that, that extra two weeks just buys me a bit of time. Plus, I need to figure out the route. I've got to get out there and, uh, and, and, and walk the streets and make sure I don't collide with other ghost tours and, and history tours and whatnot and make sure that my route is my route alone and then we'd have to get into a into a fight with anyone outside of a, a presse-manger or something. Because <laughs> it is, you know, legally speaking, if two ghost walks do collide in the city centre, they have to fight to the death. Duel. Vis- visitors and, and, and guides. Yes. It, gets, it gets bloody. So if you're thinking of joining the tour... Bring small arms with no, you. No, don't. No, don't, don't bring <laughs> weapons with you. Please don't. Please do not turn up the tour of weapons. But you can book now. Um, and please do, please do. There are, we actually have... We anticip- we've got... It's a weird one. A weird one. Uh, the 14th and, and 15th, the Friday, Saturday, uh, bookings have started to creep in. And uh, on uh, August, uh, possibly August the 16th, I've had an inquiry 
for a private hire as well, which is nice. That came over today. I've emailed back. So it might be a very busy opening weekend for me. Lovely. Very exciting. Obviously, I've got limited numbers at the moment because of everything that's going on in the world. I can only take uh, just shy of a dozen people or 10 to be pedantic. <laughs> and it remains to be seen whether Mrs. Deathly can join you for any of your tours. Mm. Of course. Mm. I might be going back to my my real world, real life job Boo. quite soon. Boo. These things happen. <laughs> you know, needs must, etc, etc, etc. Well, thank you for joining us, friends. I do hope you have enjoyed your time with Mrs. D and I. Any parting thoughts as we as I as I as I, as I cautiously reach over for the final musical button cue. But yeah, please do please do get in touch and let us know what you like about our shows and if you want to be in, involved, mm. send us your stories, us send what, us your pictures. What's working, what's not, etc. Tell us if you know a haunted place that we might like to visit in the York area. Yeah, York or Yorkshire, within driving distance of Yorkshire. Nothing that's 12 hours away, please. Don't be like, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a castle in Benidorm. I mean, we'll go, but you've got to pay for the flight. That's fair to say, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> Shall we go? Let's do a go. Goodbye, everybody.